Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 54, titled The Parable of the Weeds. Today we will go over another parable that's similar to yesterday's. If you didn't hear or weren't able to listen, yesterday was the parable of the sower. And the parable of the weeds refers to the weeds that are sown by the enemy. So after the scripture reading today, we're going to read some commentaries, some early church father commentaries, to make sure we fully understand what's being said by Christ. So we'll start with scripture. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30 says, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore again, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, do you not sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to them, excuse me, said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So I think at first blush, people may view that exclusively the weeds as wicked people who do not believe. So like an atheist type in some sense. And sure, that may apply in a certain context, but that's not what the early church fathers were saying. That's not the commentaries they have on these set of verses. And so when it comes to interpretation, we need to remember what Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.20, that private interpretation of Scripture is not biblical. So we have to rely on early church father commentaries and the teachings of the apostles to make sure we're in, we are interpreting Scripture correctly. And Peter also tells us in his second epistle, chapter 3, verse 16, that it's ignorance and a lack of understanding Scripture that leads to destruction. But he also warns that there are people who twist it for their own passions. So we need to get an objective source for biblical understanding, and the best way to do that is to read the original manuscripts and to read the early church father commentaries. All right, so let's see what the early church fathers say about this parable, the parable of the weeds. The following information was taken from a commentary by St. John Chrysostom, who was an early church father and archbishop who wrote this around 400 AD. What is the difference between this and the parable before it? There he speaks of them that have not at all holden with him, but have started aside and have thrown away the seed. But here he means the society of heretics, or the societies of heretics. For in order that not even this might disturb his disciples, he foretells it also. After having taught them why he speaks in parables. The former parable then means they're not receiving him, this they're receiving corruptors. For indeed, this also has a part of the devil's craft, by the side of the truth always to bring an error, painting thereon many resemblances, so as easily to cheat the deceivable. Therefore he calls it not another seed, but tares, which in appearance are something like wheat. So what St. John Chrysostom is saying, the weeds are heretics. <clears throat> and if you want to understand some of the heresy that the early church was 
fighting against, just study their first seven ecumenical councils. And why this is important is because it helps us, if we study the first seven ecumenical councils, we will be able to navigate the religious landscape better and be more informed. Because we have to get the doctrine correct. And people may view the word doctrine in a negative light, but it's not. If you think about it from a, a spiritual warfare standpoint, you don't want to go into battle with the wrong doctrine, right? So you don't fight the war on terror with uh, old-school Soviet doctrine, right? So you don't, and that's the same thing with intelligence. So remember, we're in a spiritual battle, so we don't want to take our 80s, 70s, 60s, we don't want to take Vietnam doctrine, let's say, as an example, and apply it to the war on terror in 2010, excuse me, 2011, 2012, all the way to, through 2022. So use that analogy. Spiritual warfare, you got to use the right doctrine to make sure you have the right approach to fight against the enemy. And St. John Chrysostom is saying that. He's saying heresy is the weeds, and it's one of the devil's crafts. And what he does is he puts errors into doctrinal teachings of people. And that's where the whole false shepherd issue comes into play. So heresy is a big deal. Heretics is a big deal. I don't, I'm not sure people view it as seriously as the early church did. And I think that's an error on our part. Another example of doctrine would be the Trinity doctrine. You have non-Trinitarians that they do not understand who Jesus is. And my question is, how in the world can you worship Jesus correctly if you don't know what he is, or who he is, rather? And how can you make disciples if you don't even understand who Jesus Christ is? I mean, that's you have to understand who the Messiah is first. That's your starting point. Let's go check out another commentary about this parable, the parable of the weeds. The following information was taken from a commentary by St. Jerome. He was an early church father and theologian who wrote this commentary around 415 A.D. The devil is called a man that is an enemy because he has ceased to be God. And in the ninth psalm it is written of him, Up, Lord, and let not man have the upper hand. Wherefore, let not him sleep that is set over the church, lest through his carelessness the enemy should sow therein tares, that is, the dogmas of heretics. The Lord then warns us not to pass a hasty sentence on an ambiguous word, but to reserve it for his judgment that when the day of judgment shall come, he may cast forth the assembly of saints no longer on suspicion, but on manifest guilt. But when the same infection has spread to a large number at once, nothing remains but sorrow and groan, groans. Therefore, let a man gently reprove whatever is in his power. What is not in his power, let him bear with patience and mourn over with affection, until he from above shall correct and heal. And let him defer till harvest time to root out the tares and winnow the chaff. And that he says that the bundles of tares are to be cast into the fire and the wheat gathered into the barns. It is clear that the heretics also and the hypocrites are to be consumed in the fires of hell, while the saints who are here represented by the wheat are received into barns, that is, into the heavenly mansions. So, folks, I don't. St. Jerome talks about heretics as well, so it's crystal clear two early church father commentaries that heresy is a huge, huge problem and that the parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds is actually, they're both about heresy and false teachers. And, and you just go through the New Testament, there's a ton of warnings about 
false teachers and, and how people are going to become dull to the truth in end times. So we need to understand what proper Christianity looks like, proper prayer looks like, proper worship, proper self-denial, proper lordship, proper cross-bearing, all of these things we have to understand because there are weeds who are teaching heresy. And we need to, and Paul tells us, of course, God, I should say, tells us through Paul to avoid those types of people. Give them the opportunity to repent, but if they are insistent on continuing to teach heresy, we have to step away from them. So, I think it's important for us to stand together and fight against heresy. We, we need to understand what's at stake, and it's the bride of Christ. It's the, the household of faith. Now, we all struggle with sin. That isn't the issue here, right? That's a separate issue. Somebody struggling with sin is a separate issue. We're talking about heresy here. And when it comes to people struggling with sin, we need to remember that Jesus is rich in mercy. So the issue is not that there are people, I should say that the issue here in these parables is not saying that there are people struggling with sin. That's not it. The issue here is that there are people being deceived. And if you look throughout history, it seems like in the, the mega churches, the prosperity churches, people are being deceived at an accelerated rate. So we have to be diligent and study and ensure that we learn from the early church fathers and the apostles so we can go into this spiritual battle armed with the truth. Now, if you want to make sure that you're not deceived, then focus on the first thousand years of Christianity before the Great Schism of 1054. So the Christianity had not fragmented for a thousand years. Sure, they fought heresy, but the church stayed together. So focus on that thousand years, study the first seven ecumenical councils, and arm yourself with information, with the truth. And of course, always remember to stay humble, remain repentant, pray often, pray the Lord's Prayer, pray the Jesus Prayer, ask for the Holy Spirit to intercede for you, to intervene, to strengthen you, to sanctify you, so that you may become a dwelling place for the Father and the Son. Stay in the race. Run the race. Run hard. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.